0: This episode of Tech Newsday is sponsored by Mint Mobile and by Factor.
1: Six degrees of separation is the concept that all people are six or fewer social connections away from each other. Person A knows someone who 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 knows, someone who knows person B, with probably fewer people in the middle if we're talking about a person A and person B who are in similar geographic areas, occupations, etc., But for two people in completely different parts of the world, with completely different careers and backgrounds, it it can seem unlikely that they're merely six degrees of separation apart. For example, uh, the six degrees of separation between Vladimir Putin and Nathan Fielder. Mm. That's got to be a long chain, right? There's got to be more than six degrees of separation
0: between Vladimir Putin and Nathan Fielder, right? We've played this game before, and it's possible. No, actually, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Canadian comedian Nathan Fielder are just one social connection away from each other, actually. And that social connection is none other than Elon Musk. Oh, God damn it. The world's richest, smartest, most successful, prettiest, and uh, interesting man.
1: Yeah, get this man, get this man a a Mm Dosekis.
0: And yeah, sorry we're kicking things off with Elon News again. Um, But. Look, he just, he has a stranglehold on the news cycle. Yeah. And, you know, he's starting to get a little uh, little overboard with uh, how involved he wants to get in geopolitical debates. He needs to sit his ass down. Yeah, uh, not only can the man not keep himself out of the news for more than a day or so, but lately he's been in the news for multiple completely different things all at once, like the true renaissance man that he is. And this week, uh, the stories not only involve Kanye West, but also Nathan Fielder and Vladimir Putin.
1: Nightmare blunt rotation.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. The, worst, the worst version of Fuck, Mary Kill you can yeah. think of. So I guess we should start with
1: Kanye, since we already covered most of that earlier this week in our previous episode. Uh, but here's a quick update on that shit show, which, if you're out of the loop, boy, do you have some catching up to do. Uh, we made a video about it. Yeah, you should watch the video. But, uh, we, go, we go deep into it. As of when we're filming this, Kanye is still locked out of his Twitter account after going, quote, Death CON 3 on Jewish people. And like we said, it's probably for his own good. Mm-hmm. The man is clearly going through a mental health crisis, and Lord knows what kind of hate-filled hole he'd have dug himself by now if he'd still been tweeting for the past couple days. But the whole situation does raise the question of how future Twitter owner, presumptive king, uh, and good friend of Kanye's, Elon Musk, would have handled this situation if it had happened under his watch. If this had just happened a month later, a couple weeks
0: later. <sighs> Who knows? Well, did, did you see the actual latest on Kanye about the podcast that was filmed? I don't know. They did They about. did like a pre-taping for this podcast. And are like, yeah, Kanye seems like he's uh, good to go for this interview. And we're going to ask him what's been going on in the past week and a half or so. And kind of pick his brain. And they said that the podcast was unsalvageable. They could not edit around uh, the hate speech that Kanye was using. And this was, like, people who are really good friends with him, yeah. too. The people um, trying to do him a favor. Let, we want you
1: to, you know, let's have let, let's let you have the last word on this and set the record straight. He's like, here's the record for you. I do hate Jewish people. I'm upgrading it to DeathCon 4 and that's, or 2.
0: That's apparently... I still haven't figured out which DeathCon is higher. It was apparently so bad. Like I said, unsalvageable, could not edit around it. God damn. Like, could not edit the conversations together without like but the footage is out there right so that seems to be look people on Twitter there's 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 rumors on Twitter of people who were like in the production of it saying what happened and I don't want to believe it uh, until there's proof, so I'm just not even gonna say it. All right, all right. So, anyways, Elon, back to Elon, the uh the guy who's gonna run. Good friend of Kanye West, yes, by but the way. Y- you know, this wouldn't have happened. Red carpet. Just, welcome back, sir. The judge said three weeks, Kanye. Can you not wait three weeks? <laughs> uh Elon is, of course, very big on free speech and basically believes anyone should be allowed to post anything on Twitter short of breaking the law. And based on everything he said about how he'd like Twitter to be run, it sounds like he would have let Kanye just keep spewing anti-Semitism to his heart's delight. Which, interestingly, would be against the law
1: in several countries Mm -hmm. for understandable reasons. Why is it illegal in Germany to say these things? They have some experience with how things go if you just let people can, I don't know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, Who cares? I live in America. It would have certainly made the last few days on Twitter a lot different and not really in a good way, especially, especially for Jewish people. But it'd be great for people who hate Jewish yeah, people. it would
1: be really exciting for Nazis. The yes. Best, best
0: Twitter's been in a long time. hmm Their spidey sense was tingling uh, the other day. and yeah. Sadly for them, you know, someone had to put him on mute. Uh, but that's not, it's not to say that Elon would do nothing, um, you know, these are the situations he's going to be finding himself yeah. as the new <laughs> owner of Twitter. So this is a good learning experience, I guess. <laughs> yes. So what would Elon's strategy be? Uh, well, in a reply to his previous tweet, warmly warmly welcoming his friend Kanye back to Twitter just hours before Kanye went death con three on Jewish people, Musk wrote, talk to Ye today and express my concerns about his recent tweet, which I think he took to heart. So as many replies pointed out, Elon's plan for content moderation is to let everyone say whatever they want and then personally (laughs) follow up with each individual to explain why what they said was offensive. Uh, Apparently, that's his plan. He's going to be busy. But he's be very busy. That's what's crazy, though, is that like the say, I, I I wish I could remember off the top of my head who the podcast was with because it's someone that's like cl- like decently close with Kanye, okay. like on a close enough relationship to be like, hey, do you want to use my platform to like explain yourself? But it's kind of the same thing where like Elon's like, no, I got off the phone with him, and he's completely fine. He's lucid. He's yeah. acting completely normal, and that's exactly what the people said that I think we're doing he the- Took it to heart. It sounds sounds like he's
1: turning a, a new leaf. He's coming out of the the manic episode. <laughs> Guys, it's going to be fun.
0: No, he then he walks Uh, (laughs) out in the volumes at 11. Yeah. So, I meant what I said. And here's some more where that came from. I learned a few other things while I was banned (laughs) on Twitter. I read this book, The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Have you guys heard about this shit? Fucking crazy. Uh, It's like when people go to prison and come out like buff. Yeah? Yeah. Kanye is just... And and Nazi. They go and they
1: come out buff and Nazi.
0: (laughs) He's got nothing to do right now in idle hands of the devil's dingling. So... Just lock this man in a recording studio. I mean, I bet whatever he makes is maybe good. I believe there's like a 4LP gospel album out there already. So no more of that, please. Yeah, take Um, away the gospel choir. Yeah. Anyways, very exciting stuff to look forward to on Twitter as Elon Musk settles into running his first ever social media venture. How hard could it be?
1: I make rockets and cars. How hard could running a social media company be? And he can't even
0: do that without, like, fumbling every two seconds. Yeah. And he's going to be running them all at the same time. Um, Great. Exciting times if you love chaos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But moving on now to Vladimir Putin, Mm -hmm.
1: the president of Russia, who is currently uh, waging war on Ukraine. Uh, Most people think this war is bad due to the thousands of civilian deaths and vast destruction to Ukraine's cities. And most people aren't very receptive to Vladimir Putin's demands, which involve absorbing large parts of Ukraine into Russia. But ignoring Vladimir Putin's perspective on this war sounds a lot like cancel culture to me. Sounds like you are silencing this man's voice. You know, they, they did the same thing to Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are deplatforming Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. So... When free speech fanatic Elon Musk posted that that little poll last week to determine once and for all the right thing to do about Ukraine, uh, he first talked to Vladimir Putin to get his perspective, allegedly.
0: Here, uh... here's, <laughs> here's Vice. Elon Musk spoke directly with Russian President Vladimir Putin before tweeting a proposal to end the war in Ukraine that would have seen territory permanently ceded to Russia. It has been claimed. In a mail-out sent to Eurasia Group subscribers, Ian Bremmer wrote that Tesla CEO Musk told him that Putin was, quote, prepared to negotiate, but only if Crimea remained Russian, if Ukraine accepted a form of permanent neutrality and Ukraine recognized Russia's annexation of Luhansk, Donetsk, Kherson, and Zaporizhia. According to Bremer, Musk said Putin told him these goals would be accomplished no matter what, including the potential of a nuclear strike if Ukraine invaded Crimea, which Russia annexed in 2014. Bremer wrote that Musk told him that, quote, everything needed to be done to avoid that outcome. Last week, Musk posted essentially the same points on Twitter, although he suggested that the referendums in the annexed territories slammed as sham votes by Ukraine and the West be redone under supervision by the United Nations. So Musk,
1: for his part, denies having spoken to Putin, except for one time a year and a half ago when all they talked about was space. But uh, many have pointed out that uh, some of the wording used in his poll sure does sound like the official Russian position on Ukraine, Uh, particularly the line proposing making Crimea formally part of Russia, as it has been since 1783, until Khrushchev's mistake. That
0: was so odd and so
1: many people pointed it
0: out immediately. What's going on
1: here? Yeah. Similarly, another post from Elon showing Ukraine's electoral map from 2012 instead of one from more recently has been criticized for seeming like something straight out of the Russian propaganda playbook.
0: Yeah, uh, and most importantly, this Ian Bremmer guy, he's not just some dude. He's a highly respected political scientist who came up with several core concepts of uh, modern political science and whose takes on geopolitics, particularly about the former Soviet Union, have been taken very seriously for a very long time. And he wrote on Twitter, Elon Musk told me he had spoken with Putin and the Kremlin directly about Ukraine. He also told me what the Kremlin's red lines were. I have been writing my weekly newsletter on geopolitics for 24 years. I write honestly without fear or favor, and this week's update was no different. I've long admired Musk as a unique and world-changing entrepreneur, which I've said publicly. He's not a (laughs) geopolitics expert. (laughs) So, uh, one of these men, Elon Musk or Ian Bremmer, is lying. And, I mean, it's probably Elon if I had to guess, um, yeah. Also, th- if this were true, which it might be, this would Elon would be could be seen as committing a crime. Uh, well, we've it's, everyone tosses around treason all the time, but uh, it, it is. He's, uh, he's com- in theory, he would be communicating directly with a foreign adversary um, that we are currently. Not technically, but kind of are at uh, the very least at an act in an act of engagement at with. the absolute
1: least. When this report first dropped in uh, people's email inboxes, uh-huh. as soon as Ian Bremer sent it out, uh, light bulbs started going off left and right in a little part of Arlington or uh, Langley, Virginia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. This basically,
0: the CIA Russia team was just like, "Hmm. Wow. Huh. uh... Uh, the most famous billionaire uh, who Hmm. is operating out of the United States. Probably uh, uh, probably keep an eye on this Musk guy. Talking to the Russian president? Okay, uh, yeah. And I'm sure that they are. But now, finally, for that seemingly unlikely Nathan Fielder connection. Uh, This comes to us via a report in the New York Times this week titled... Elon Musk has the world's strangest social calendar, which describes Elon Musk's personal life via more than 40 interviews with people who have spent time with him socially over the last decade or so. And there's a lot to this article, but here's the Nathan Fielder part.
1: Despite all the public hobnobbing with glittery celebrities, Mr. Musk seems to identify more with another considerably less glamorous stratum of Hollywood, comedy writers, a tribe of people who have often spun their social discomfort into humor. The billionaire who is known to halt meetings in order to watch Monty Python clips has made a habit of socially cultivating buzzy comedians and comic entertainers. One such comedy writer said he believed that Mr. Musk had a deep-seated need to be recognized as funny. Mr. Musk has, in particular, pursued a friendship with one comedian whose public image revolves around the outrageous steps he takes to relate to other people, Nathan Fielder who first became famous for his Comedy Central show, Nathan For You, which turned a series of preposterous business ideas, including excrement-flavored frozen yogurt and athletic apparel dedicated to raising Holocaust awareness, into the definitive parody of modern American entrepreneurship. Mr. Musk, a huge fan, invited Mr. Fielder to lunch at SpaceX in 2016. For years afterward, the famous businessman invited the famous fake businessman to his parties and would strain to make the deadpan Canadian laugh.
0: You know, he may never laugh again after what the Mets did in the playoffs. Yeah, Wild he, card. He seemed to be having. He a bad did not time. have a, a good night there at the Mets game.
1: But like we know, we, uh, yeah, I know it's a bit. Uh, uh, no, I'm talking like. Hold on, guys! I have this Monty Python clip to play. Oh, oh, Musk doing that? Yeah, yeah like uh, we've all like this is a type of person we've all met, like the person who seemingly enjoys comedy seemingly really wants to be it's michael scott shit
0: yes yeah yes (laughs) it absolutely is michael scott shit Uh, yeah Uh, well you know it's not like the character michael scott or even the one from the british version just came out of nowhere it's from experiences of people who actually act like this. but it's
1: so weird that the world's richest man is one of those people like I mean, just desperately needs to be considered That's what when you funny get by the people around him.
0: Money and fame before, like, social interaction. Ugh. God. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's, it's, a, like it's a fascinating thing to see someone so rich and powerful, yet so inept. There are a few forms of desperation. Like, there's... There's the desperation
1: of like a horny dude who can't get laid that just like you can just feel it wafting off of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the below that, there's the desperation of someone who just really wants to be seen as funny, who isn't funny. And it's just so uncomfortable to be around that type of person. You've run into it a lot in L.A.
0: I don't go out anywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but in your youth, especially when a lot of like people in your social circles are taking their first improv class or whatever. And yeah, you're, just yeah, like, yeah. you're just like, I will never say this to your face, but you will never be successful in comedy. Stop it. I, lo- I just let people do their things. Right. That's why I said, you never say it to their face, but you're just like, oh God.
0: Yeah. A lot of people do improv classes like, and they're like accountants. Yeah. They're it's just like, fun, I-, I need to be able to talk to people. It's a fun exercise. <laughs> but um, yeah. it's. But you know. Elon Musk is like, well, I'm on improv. Uh, they, they actually keep making up classes for yeah. me. I'm on improv 2111. And uh, they say anytime now. I'm going to get that first call back for the commercial. It's uh,
1: $1,000 a week, and I also I, I have to pick up trash after uh, all the Tuesday shows. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I have to sell tickets. Yeah, But yeah, it's honestly extremely difficult to imagine these two people, Elon Musk and Nathan Fielder, interacting in any way. I can't. At all. But trying to make Nathan Fielder laugh seems like a goal that can only end in disappointment. His deadpan poker face is kind of his whole bit. It's his whole thing. Yeah. It's also just a little weird to want to be around funny people, not so they can make you laugh, but so that you can make them laugh. I mean, I guess maybe he feels like it would rub off on him. and I don't know. Like, this would be someone
1: who wants to hang out with Elon to tell them their ideas about how to run an electric car company, which I'm sure there are lots of those people, but it's just like...
0: What's the goal here? How is it going to work out? I would be more out? interested in seeing what interactions Nathan Fielder and Elon Musk had that Nathan Fielder then used in further episodes of either. I mean, the, like, I'm sure that's
1: got to be a big reason why he did it. He's like, this
0: is... This is fascinating. I will... Yeah, the, the amount of material I'm going to get out of this interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. I mean, who knows? I yeah. Anyways, we'd love to hear the zingers that Elon tried on Nathan, considering his sense of humor is basically just shit from 9gag to r slash funny. Um, would be probably pretty cringy to be around. But, that's funny. That's funny. Yes, he thinks I'm funny. Grimes, did you hear that? The dumb Starbucks guy laughed. Uh. laughed at my joke. But yeah, another interesting section of this article is about a social connection that Twitter users will never stop reminding Elon about. Until he bans them. Uh huh. Ghislaine Maxwell, convicted sex trafficker and close associate of Jeffrey Epstein, who Musk was photographed with at a 2014 Vanity Fair party. And uh, there's some new lore on all that. So new lore just dropped. Yeah. Don't know Ghislaine
1: at all, Mr. Musk tweeted in July 2020. She photobombed me once at a Vanity Fair party several years ago. Real question is why VF invited her in the first place. It's not surprising that Mr. Musk felt he had to answer for the photograph, which had been taken six years earlier at the magazine's Oscars party. His personal life is frequently the subject of intense speculation. As it turns out, their meeting was slightly more than a photobomb. According to a Vanity Fair staff member at the time who stood next to Ms. Maxwell and Mr. Musk and shared contemporaneous notes with the Times, the pair chatted. Ms. Maxwell asked Mr. Musk if there were a way to remove oneself from the Internet and encouraged Mr. Musk to destroy the Internet. Mr. Musk demurred. Ms. Maxwell then asked Mr. Musk why aliens hadn't yet made contact with humanity, to which Mr. Musk replied that all civilizations eventually end, including Maxwell's hypothetical alien one, and raised the possibility that humans are living in a simulation. And uh, she was probably asking about erasing stuff from the internet, because even at the time, if you Googled her name and Jeffrey Epstein, um, there was a lot of stuff on there about uh, all the human sex trafficking they were doing, but had somehow not yet been... uh, prosecuted for
0: yeah it also sounds like she was fed things that elon might be interested about to like try to break the ice and she just uh, went blatantly yeah. without like without mad it at all just like i heard you like aliens yeah because i mean grimes just hit him up with a tweet that was slightly relevant and uh oh yeah that, and spe- yeah, speaking of elon's uh, sense of humor yeah the whole reason
1: him and grimes got together was because like they both tweeted the same like stupid fucking pun just like literally a pun they both they both were the, like the first people to come up with it. Yeah, and they have that in common.
0: Well, now they have
1: two children, so there you go, two normal kids. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the rest of the article is interesting, but it's also pretty boring. Basically, Elon hangs out with a lot of famous people, and his approach to his social life is essentially making up for lost time from his youth when he had few friends and didn't party much. That's, That's what I said. Like, yeah, yeah
0: like. He, you know. He's like,
1: he he's apparently told a lot of people this. He's like, yeah. I didn't i didn't get to party much in my teens and 20s,
0: so I'm doing it now. Yeah. And you know what? That would be completely fine. Yeah, I, there's nothing if wrong he, with if there were If if you had only ever heard of Elon's name like once every six months because he was like, uh-oh, Elon spotted out. Like, like Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Like, oh, he's got uh, another supermodel on his arm. That Elon, uh, you know, whatever. It's like completely different than a yeah. guy who literally whatever. shoves himself into every like conversation geopolitical or otherwise um it is interesting though because like i guess starting spacex in la
1: as before there were any, really any other tech companies down here it did open a lot of doors for us to hang out with hollywood celebrities um also uh, i think this was already known but he's super into burning man mm-hmm. and that whole weird annoying scene especially the more wealthy attendees who they go to burning man but then they have like, even more secret, they, like, rent a fucking island. And, a bubble. And so the they can't fit, get any dust. In. Get into a giant cuddle puddle with each other. It's, ah. it's all gross and weird. Uh, also, at one point, uh, Elon lived in Bel Air in a house between the homes of Quincy Jones and the Girls Gone Wild guy. Which uh, Wow,
0: those parties must have Those block parties, yeah. yeah. Woo! <laughs> Crazy. But let's move on to another extremely wealthy weirdo. Mark Zuckerberg, a man with legs. That's right. Much like Elon Musk's (laughs) obsession with owning Twitter is seen by many as a pointless distraction away from Tesla and SpaceX, Mark Zuckerberg pivoted his entire social media business towards the Metaverse, a thing that does not yet exist in any way resembling what they're pitching it as, and which is currently just a shittier version of VR social apps that have existed for years. And this week, Meta showed off their new flagship product for stepping into this Metaverse, the MetaQuest Pro. And while the more entry-level MetaQuest 2 currently sells for $400, the MetaQuest Pro will cost more than three times that much at $1,500. Inflation. Well, you're going to want to live in it when you pay that yeah, much. Joe Biden. That is
1: sunk cost. Yeah, you pay $1,500 for this, but then you don't need gas. You,
0: you better spend at least on 1,500 hours in that thing. Yeah, $1 one hour. Yeah. Get on it, spool. Mm-hmm.
1: And look, to be fair, the Quest Pro is a much more advanced piece of gear than the uh, just the Quest. The resolution is four times higher, the field of view is bigger, the optics are way better, it's apparently a lot more comfortable for long-term use, it's got 3D external cameras for doing augmented reality, and it can even detect facial expressions so that your avatar's face does what your face does. It's no doubt a great piece of gear, but the price point and the marketing are sort of baffling. This is a highly advanced $1,500 VR headset that is seemingly being marketed exclusively as something you use for work. There is barely any mention of gaming on the official product page, and the list of supported apps has Adobe Acrobat and (laughs)
0: Dropbox at the very top. Oh my God, this PDF has so so many dots per inch. Oh my files. (laughs) I can zoom inside the letters. So yeah, this thing, it
1: probably runs games incredibly well, well. I'm sure it does. But it's being pitched as something that you buy for
0: business. hmm And that's weird. This is the VR for enterprise. Yeah. Uh, here's TechCrunch with their take on that. What happens when you're working away from your office so you don't have your big desk and multiple large monitors with you? You could just use your laptop and make do... Or you could buy a $1,499 Quest Pro, which Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg says is built with work specifically in mind. (laughs) Today, in Horizon Workrooms, Meta is adding a personal office feature, which lets you create your own custom slice of the metaverse to work. One of the best things in VR is you can create environments that go beyond what's possible in the physical world, Zuckerberg said in the MetaConnect presentation today. Of course, that goes for productivity setups too. So you have instant access to your perfect workspace that's set up just how you want, no matter where you are. A similar app, Virtual Desktop, first became available on the Oculus Rift, RIP to Oculus branding, in 2016. (laughs) So the idea of bringing your computer into VR isn't exactly new. But from the brief glimpse we saw in today's presentation, it looks like Meta has elevated their idea a bit.
1: Yeah, and look, uh, it admittedly, it does seem kind of cool to be able to work in like this minority report style workspace where you have unlimited screens that are as big or small as you want. You can drag them around with your hands and stuff like, wow. But it's also not really something that anyone's going to want to spend hours a day doing. Um, and it's also not something that most people can justify dropping $1,500 on.
0: I'll like, also I will be, I'll eat my words and I'll be shocked if in like 15 years, this is widely adopted. And like the generation Z that is like in their mid twenties, early thirties, whatever. I don't know the age range, but if they're actually adopting this, because it'll be the thing that I'm like the, I turn into a boomer about, like I'm not staying all day. I just,
1: as it is now. Like they want this to be a productivity tool, but I can't see any use case where anyone's productivity would increase in
0: VR. Like uh, it's, it looks cooler, it's more immersive, I guess. It's but like a hell of a lot easier for employers to monitor what the hell their employees are doing because you literally will have access to all of the haptics. Like <laughs> yeah, they yeah. looked away from their monitor for this long. Like but
1: buzz his uh, butt, his dildo. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> sorry boss yeah uh yeah so it'll be interesting to see how many people actually even throw down the money for this thing right now it kind of almost feels like a dev kit so that software developers can create a purpose for it it's certainly not something many people are going to pick up just to hang out in horizon worlds except wait hold on horizon worlds you know how shitty it is how we make fun of it all the time well big news folks Legs are coming soon. Are you excited? Oh my god, the one thing I was waiting for. That's right, no yeah. more disembodied torsos. Horizon Worlds is got legs, baby. But legs or no legs, Horizon Worlds is still having trouble catching on. And that apparently includes Meta's own employees. Uh, here's the New York Times.
0: Mr. Zuckerberg's zeal for the metaverse has been met with skepticism by some Meta employees. This year, he urged teams to hold meetings inside Meta's Horizon Workrooms app, which allows users to gather in virtual conference rooms. But many employees didn't own VR headsets or hadn't set them up yet and had to scramble to buy and register devices before managers caught on, according to one person with knowledge of the events. In a May poll of 1,000 Meta employees conducted by Blind, an anonymous professional social network, only 58% said they understood the company's Metaverse strategy. Employees have also grumbled about the high turnover and frequent shuffling of employees as Mr. Zuckerberg's priorities change. Inside Meta, two employees said, some workers now jokingly refer to key Metaverse projects as MMH, an acronym for Make Mark Happy. (laughs) In September, Vishal Shah, the vice president in charge of Meta's Metaverse division, wrote on an internal message board that he was disappointed in how few Meta employees were using Horizon Worlds, according to a post obtained by the Times.
1: I love the idea that they wouldn't just give all of their employees a fucking headset. Yeah. Like, no, go out and buy your own. You love it, but you have to pay for it. And
0: use your free time in it.
1: Like that seems like if you really want to, if you really want to make this into something that potentially has a future in an office, like if you're meta, you just give. An entire, you have to. You give. Because an if it's cut, not going to work like, for you. Here's two hundred headsets. Um, you know, does, give it a good, give it a, a solid go. See what you can do with this. Does he let not us understand that think. they are the best test case for this? Yeah, that's so fucking weird. That like. If you're a company who has shifted its focus entirely to the metaverse, you haven't given all of your employees a
0: fucking headset. And then get mad at them for not doing it on their own. Uh,
1: Anyway, that last part is in reference to a report from The Verge quoting some internal memos. Uh, Here's some of their reporting. A key issue with Horizon's development to date, according to Shaw's internal memos, is that the people building it inside meta appear to not be using it that much. For many of us, we don't spend that much time in Horizon, and our dog-fooding dashboards show this pretty clearly, he wrote to employees on September 15th. Why is that? Why don't we love the product we've built so much that we use it all the time? The simple truth is, if we don't love it, how can we expect our users to love it? Great question. That is a, the best uh, question. <laughs> in a follow-up memo dated September 30th, Shaw said that employees still weren't using Horizon enough writing that a plan was being made to hold managers accountable for having their teams use Horizon at least once a week. Everyone in this organization should make it their mission to fall in love with Horizon Worlds. You can't do that without using it. Get in there. Organize times to do it with your colleagues or friends in both internal builds but also
0: the public build so you can interact with our community. Or we'll put you in the Horizon gallows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your managers, you you think it's going to be funny when your manager is killed? In Horizon Worlds? Because he's going to take it out on you. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of like... God. The, if Imagine like, working there... Had, if this like, company had just even a slightly more self-awareness, this, these would all be massive red flags.
0: Yeah. Imagine like working there, commuting two hours because it's it, the, their very existence in whatever town you're working out of has caused rent prices to skyrocket. So your commu- commute's two hours, you work on the way in, you work all day, you're in a bunch of meetings where you're getting derailed every two seconds. You get back on on the public transit or whatever. You work all the way home. Then you get home and it's like, we've noticed that you haven't uh, logged on to Horizon World in quite a while. Uh, You know, uh, Jesse's in there playing ping pong. Yeah. And uh, Dave over there, he loves the headset. He loves it. He's always wearing it. He's got a tan from wearing it all day long. you can do uh, the bare minimum. But uh, is that really how you want to be seen? Well, we want you to love these products. And if you, know, and if you don't love if it, we, nobody will. If we have to force you to love them, we will. <laughs> uh, so yeah, even the people working for the company developing the metaverse would prefer to just continue doing business as it's always been done rather than do it using the product that their company is pitching as the future of its business. Of all business. Yeah, of of the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it seems like a bad sign. But Mark Zuckerberg making the metaverse his white whale, despite everyone telling him how it's a dumb idea. It's a fascinating saga. And I'm here for it. Yeah. I'll continue to watch uh, as this as he rides this straight down into the flames. I mean, the legs look cool. He's doing kicks. He's jumping around. Hey, legs might be the turning point. Fucking ableist, if you ask me.
1: Yeah. Unless they give disabled people a virtual wheelchair, D- but disabled you, you, you people know. are like, no, I don't want to be disabled. <laughs> I was in the Meta- finally <laughs> able to float. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, apparently there's like only there's like three hundred thousand uh, monthly users for Horizon <laughs> World,
0: <laughs> which is I not nothing. Even lo- I thought it was even lower than that. No, it's, I thought it was like thirty thousand or something.
1: No, it, it's uh, as of this year, it's like three hundred thousand. But that's like monthly. Then that might just be people dropping in once uh, but that is that's not a lot for, Very bad. for a flagship product that is that's bad. Going, that's going to change the world yeah yeah but hey uh, maybe those people are just early adopters
0: yes yeah just so early mm. so early that it's lonely in here people yeah. will be showing up at any moment I'm just gonna hang out here until people show up yeah because that's what it's always cool to be the first guy to the that's party. what i was gonna say in <laughs> real life when you're the first person at the party you are the coolest that's yeah. the <laughs> How you know whoever gets to the party first is the coolest person yeah. at that party. That way, you're really tired by the time the rest of the party shows up. Actually, as a uh, as a
1: 37 year old adult, it actually is cool to show up to parties early. <laughs> I want to make that clear. Anytime anyone is late <laughs> to anything, I get real frustrated. Yeah. Especially if I'm hosting anything at my
0: home, the 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 more on time you are, the more I love you. I have been for years. I've done the. Uh, Uh, If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fired mentality. (laughs) So, uh, I I, be on time to things. Yeah. 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 You're not just stopping by a kickback. You were invited for a reason. Have I in the past- Have some respect. Have I in the past told my wife an inaccurate time that we had to be somewhere so that we would actually get there on time? You gotta, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got to do the math. Got to measure it. Yeah. You've Got to have that buffer. What oh, time are we geez, supposed to be there? We're gonna
1: there? be late. Actually, we're gonna be
0: right on time. We're supposed to done. be there at eleven, and uh, it's ten forty-five. So mm-hmm. we actually had to be there at eleven forty-five. That's right. Uh huh. Fun thing for you to try out later.
1: Anyway, we got more news coming right up. But first, this episode is sponsored by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just fifteen bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. There is no plot. Wow. Seriously. Mint Mobile just has premium wireless from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two year contract or opening the bill to find all these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget
0: to cancel and then be charged full price for. No. There's none of that malarkey with Mint Mobile. (laughs) For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month.
1: Get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com slash newsday. That is mintmobile.com slash newsday. Seriously, you'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash
0: newsday. Mint Mobile, no malarkey. No malarkey. And this episode is also sponsored by Factor. Fall is officially here and with a new season comes a new routine. But if you're like us, you get sick of the same old, same old day after day. Luckily, Factors' ready-to-eat meal delivery makes it easy to switch things up with 30-plus meal choices per, per week, 36-plus weekly add-ons, and an option to add protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week.
1: Whether I'm out and about all day, not likely, or just cozying up at home, likely, mm-hmm. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Savor the harvest season with Factors' pumpkin feast for two, featuring fall's most crave flavor, Pumpkin. Mm. This ready-to-eat bundle helps you make the most of autumn with a full spread that feeds two. Date night, anyone? Factors' rotating menu has tons of fall options every week, too. Add seasonal favorites like three-bean vegan chili, the apple mustard pork chop, and Tuscan tomato chicken into your rotation to spice things
0: up. I literally just had that three-bean vegan chili the other day, and it was very good. Mm. Factor now offers 30-plus meals per week and 36-plus add-on options like smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. Factor is cheaper than takeout, seriously, and thanks to their commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can actually feel good about what you're eating every day. Factor has endless options, however you like to eat. Choose from keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus to get chef-crafted, dietitian approved recipes you'll look forward to every time. Not only do Factor Meals save me time, but they also keep me satisfied. Their chef-crafted recipes are
1: packed with restaurant-quality flavor. It's so good I almost can't believe it's dietitian-approved. So head to go.factor75.com/newsday60 and use code NEWSDAY60 to get 60% off wow. your first box. That is code NEWSDAY60 at go.factor75.com/newsday60 to get 60% off your first box. Links down below.
0: Yep. Back to the news now, though. And uh, remember a few weeks back when we talked about how Amazon was selling so-called suicide cords, which are their power cables with 2 male ends. So very dangerous. Uh, this was alarming since no reputable electrician or hardware store will ever sell such a thing due to the severe risk of electrocuting yourself. But it was apparently nothing in comparison to the more recent revelation that in addition to selling power cords nicknamed suicide cords, Amazon is just also selling literal suicide kits. Um, Content warning, obviously, but here's Ars Technica.
1: Lawyers who are representing parents suing Amazon for selling suicide kits to teenagers who died by suicide say they have reached a breaking point. Amazon lawyers have allegedly told parents that the online retailer had a right to sell these so-called suicide kits. The kits are described in the lawsuit as bundled items that Amazon suggests buyers purchase together, including a potentially lethal chemical called sodium nitrite, a scale to measure a lethal dose, a drug to prevent vomiting, and a book with instructions on how to use the chemical to attempt suicide. The online retailer's lawyers also allegedly
0: said that it would be unfair and inhumane to hold Amazon liable for the teens' deaths. So basically, uh, sodium nitrate in the quantity sold on Amazon has no real practical purpose other than killing yourself. And if you visited the page for one of these sodium nitrate listings, Amazon helpfully suggested a bunch of other products to purchase with the sodium nitrate, which you'd only buy together if you were looking to kill yourself. The sodium nitrate is apparently listed a lot of places online as a safe and straightforward suicide method, hence why so many teenagers bought it off Amazon. But it's also apparently an absolutely agonizing way to go, which it seems like a lot of these people didn't know until it was too late. Yeah, they don't
1: mention that part in these uh, (laughs) online suicide guides for teens. Like, yeah, it works. They don't mention the part about uh, how you uh, are just in absolute pain and agony the whole time um, wishing that you'd uh, not done this while your family watches in horror.
0: This is like... (laughs) There's, there's not really two sides to it, but yeah, like separately people can and have, uh, been able to buy things. Um, but even in a physical location, like if you went down to like the hardware store, And bought a bunch of, like, clearly specific, all the same items together that looked like you were about to go commit a serious crime. They will either not sell to you or flag it, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, if you went down to the store and they had this chemical and right next to it, like, a book, like, how to kill yourself. (laughs) And then, like... uh,
0: Frequently bought together.
1: Sleeping pills. uh, Yeah, just... Yeah, it's... uh,
0: It's fucking wild. There is some kind of responsibility that falls on them, especially... Absolutely! Especially when they have immediate access to the data that links the products together in in a way that can promote them. They can obviously see that it's bad.
1: Uh. And also, yeah, this has been a known thing for at least a while. Uh, Congress was even looking into it earlier this year, but getting mainstream news attention has been difficult for these grieving parents, with a lawyer for some parents alleging on Twitter recently that CBS's 60 Minutes was all set to cover it in a pair of segments before suddenly backing out with the parents believing that this was due to CBS and Amazon's tight business relationship. Hmm. I don't know. Also troubling is the fact that sites like eBay and Etsy banned the sale of sodium nitrate uh, years ago, specifically once they found out that it's frequently used for suicide. They're like, oh, well, then we're not going to sell it. So, yeah, very troubling and fucked up stuff here. Uh, Hopefully, these parents can at least be compensated for the hell they've been put through. But, like... Come on. Like, Amazon's acting like, oh, geez, how are we to know? And it's like, well, all these other websites do. Uh, This has been a... People have been talking for a while about how easy
0: it is to kill yourself with Amazon. Data doesn't lie. You can look up who bought that and with what very easily and see what it's being bought for. Like, don't... You can't pull the wool over people's eyes anymore about what data you have access to as the company that is running the site. Yeah. Like... (laughs) And it's then, like Target with the uh, predicting pregnancy stuff. It's like, yeah, dude, you, Amazon you, knows. Yeah, don't play fucking dumb. You yeah. know exactly
1: what's going on. Uh, they also, like, yeah, one of the examples of one of these kids that killed himself, uh, he ordered it off Amazon, and his mom intercepted the package and was like, uh, what's this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, oh, must have been mistakenly sent to us. So she sends it back, and the kid jumps on, orders a new one, and it shows up less than 24 hours later,
0: and that's what he used to kill himself with. it's a very efficient website. Anyways, let's move on to some news that's thankfully less troubling than that, but still, unfortunately, pretty troubling. Uh, Here's Engadget. Researchers who grew a brain cell culture in a lab claim that they taught the cells to play a version of Pong. Scientists from a biotech startup called Cortical Labs say it's the first demonstrated example of a so-called mini-brain being taught to carry out goal-directed tasks. Quote, it is able to take in information from an external source, process it, and then respond to it in real time. Dr. Brett Kagan, lead author of a paper on the research that was published in Neuron, told the BBC, the culture of 800,000 brain cells is known as dish brain." Uh, <laughs> the scientists placed mouse cells, derived from embryonic brains, and human cells taken from stem cells on top of an electrode array that was hooked up to Pong as the age notes. Electrical pulses sent to the neurons indicated the position of the ball in the game. The array then moved the paddle up and down based on signals from the neurons. Dish brain received a strong and consistent feedback signal, effectively a form of stimulus, when the paddle hit the ball and a short, random pulse when it missed. <sighs> da, I was happier not knowing about this.
1: Yeah, so brain cells in a dish playing video games. On their
0: own. Ah, watch out. Those brain cells are going to kill somebody. Dish brain. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, this is is very uh, Mm Cronenberg-esque. Stuart Gordon-esque. But it's real. So very cool. Cool, cool, very cool. Dish brain. Love it. Uh, Here's more from the article. Wow, that dish just beat Magnus (laughs) Carlsen. Yeah, maybe he just shoved a bunch of brains up his butt. That could be the case. Yeah. Uh, here's more. The researchers who believe the culture is too primitive to be conscious... we oh, think, God, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> good. <laughs> ...noted that DishBrain showed signs of apparent learning within five minutes of real-time gameplay not observed in control conditions. After playing Pong for 20 minutes, the culture got better at the game. Scientists say that indicates the cells were reorganizing, developing networks, and learning. Quote, They changed their activity in a way that is very consistent with them actually behaving as a dynamic system, Kagan said. For example, the neurons' ability to change and adapt their activity as a result of experience increases over time,
0: consistent with what we see with the cell's learning rate. So the people behind Krang, sorry, (laughs) DishBrain, and other similar ventures see this kind of thing as potentially leading to treatments or cures for diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, sort of like Neuralink and other brain-computer interfaces, but with living cells doing a lot of the work. And if it ever comes to that, that's awesome. Uh, Anything to... Stop Elon Musk from putting chips in people's brains. But <laughs> We're for putting no- brains and brains. Yeah, for now all we've got is brain cells in a dish learning how to play video games. And that's extremely unsettling. I don't fucking like this. No. I like, hate it. They're going to be blasting brain cells all over the universe to like try to establish life somewhere. I don't know. Mm-mm.
1: Man. I hate it. Fucking hate it. You know, the computer <sighs> of the future, it's uh it's got skin got like just a bunch of shit it, inside of it. It's, it's got, got a, a
0: russie, a robot vagina.
1: Yeah. And you do have to feed it and it does shit. Yeah. But it plays games like crazy good.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, let's close things out with the latest from the world of AI generated imagery, which has progressed at a pretty insane pace over just the past year.
0: I'm telling you, everyone, be scared. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this, the brains, the neuron stuff, the AI... Yeah, I don't like it anymore.
1: I don't like anything. So last year, the idea of an AI creating imagery completely from scratch just based off prompts, which could fool the casual observer into thinking that they're looking at a photograph or something created by an artist, sounded like science fiction. Okay, buddy. Mm -hmm. But there's currently multiple completely independent tools which do exactly that. They're still far from perfect, but they're getting better with each new iteration. And at the rate things are going, who the hell knows... Where AI
0: generated images will be in even just a year. Yeah. You know, they opened up the real Dolly now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, like I'd I'd say eight out of the 10 prompts I gave it, it said were inappropriate. And they weren't even that bad. Yeah. It's also like,
1: you got to get real, from what I've been told, like the people who actually are kind of good at getting these things to go, like they spend so much time. Oh, it's a paragraph.
0: yeah, you just have to, With like... ultra-specific terms related to how they want the yeah, art to be perceived. Yeah, it's a lot of perceive. fucking, like, trial and it's error. It's like coding.
1: It really is. Yeah. Uh, especially, I can't remember if it's mid-journey or um, stable diffusion, but, like, that one has, like, a bunch of, like, sliders, and it's it gets
0: real fucking complicated. I'm like, this doesn't seem fun. It's all... Like, it, making art is fun. You should take an art class. It's way too much to get into here, but there is so much drama going on right now with the AI art stable diffusion communities online. Yeah. Like, like, like Twitch level drama within these small communities. Good, let them fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Uh, But uh, what's better than AI generated images? AI generated videos, of course. And both Google and Meta recently showed off text-to-video projects that they're working on that are, at least for now, probably not going to fool anyone, but which are still far more advanced than anything we could have predicted even a few months ago meta's ai system is called make a video they, they try to make it sound as harmless as possible make a video <laughs> yeah it's fun this is what's going to be fooling uh, your parents this in just a couple of weeks yes this will trick a, a world leader into accidentally launching nukes yeah. it's called make a video <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah it the examples of prompts that they've shared include a teddy bear painting a portrait a robot dancing in Times square clownfish swimming through the coral reef a young couple walking in a heavy rain, and horse drinking water. I do want to point out that those seem like harmless prompts, but they're also prompts that will not exist in the future. Yeah. So they need these images What's because... What's a horse? Yeah. What Water? Uh, uh, an animal drinking water? Why? They're going to get sick. People walking <laughs> in the rain, in the acidic rain? Yeah. That's true. Uh, coral reef? <laughs> I, I What's mean, a reef? Yeah. Clownfish? Well, I bet it looks silly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah they have they also have a feature where you can submit two images and have the AI fill the in between motion or just submit a single image and let the AI guess how to make it move. It's honestly pretty crazy. When I first like saw this kind of stuff I'm like I don't know if it's good or bad. All of these are very based on your own perspective, but for actual artists but maybe who don't want to go through the strenuous process of animating, yeah. You it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's impressive. Yes. It's just like, where the fuck are we going? Like,
1: all of this is unsettling to me because I'm like, where are we going? Where is this taking us? It's, oh, this is all fun, fun, cool. Look at that. That's cute. Where are we going? I don't, I literally cannot foresee where this is taking us. And that's what unsettles
0: me so much. It, I can feel you becoming a boomer, like right now. Like it is, like you are, you are like shedding your cocoon. It's just
1: my, my ability, like when you're, that's because when, when you're, you're young, you're that age. Your ability to like foresee the possibilities <laughs> of the world, like is endless. And like, yeah, I'm at a point now where it's like, I'm being surprised by shit that's happening and I'm s- kind of scared about where they might be leading. Yeah. And yeah, call me a boomer, I guess, but like. Yeah, we've reached that point, and I don't like it. <laughs> anyway, Meta hasn't said what their plans are for releasing this to the public. It, that's similar to Google's Imogen text-to-image generator that they showed off earlier this year. They're just keeping it close to the chest, <laughs> probably for the best. Yeah, And now Imogen is doing video two. The results are definitely a mixed bag. Uh, not as good as Meta's, uh, I gotta say, especially considering that this is what they're choosing to share. But examples of prompts include shoveling snow. Wooden figure surfing on a surfboard in space. A cat on the left of a dog. A teddy bear washing dishes. And a hand lifts a cup. And ooh, fingers clearly remain a very horrifying problem for this kind of tech. Yeah. Why would they even show us one involving fingers? Because it's probably what everyone is using as like the base. Yeah, there is like the, the finger test is a new Turing test. Yeah,
0: it's like... All right. Hands, ugh, God. All right, This uh, this this head... His head looking good, Mister Liefeld. Can you draw the rest of the body, please?
1: But not the feet,
0: right? <laughs> also, this is Captain America's chest.
1: <laughs> oh, I saw this. Uh, side note, but I, I, I don't know if this was recent, but like someone figured out what image. There's a specific image of Arnold Schwarzenegger that, that fi- looks like. They it, figured yeah. out that he definitely like traced over that, but did it wrong enough. Like he did that for like the top part, but then not the bottom. Anyway, he got the proportions all wrong by just like essentially tracing over a picture of Arnold.
0: Um, but yeah, I do want to say that like they're they're very clearly only allowing prompts that seem harmless. Yeah. Out to so the public. So you let it into your life. Yeah, you're just like okay. So now, like you want to see what a teddy bear looks like when uh, pretty a pretty cute, huh? A brand new puppy is oh, cuddling it. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So um, yeah,
1: and Google also apparently they have an entirely. Separate team working on Finaki, which is another text to video project, but with a different focus. This one's on longer prompts. And the very low res example that they provide of a longer prompt is a two minute video clip, which involves lots of zooms and continuous camera movement depicting a futuristic city, a UFO, an astronaut, a fish, a lion in an office wearing a business suit. (laughs) Um, And this is all in like one continuous shot. Quality aside, and the quality is pretty fucking garbage. This is actually kind of insane. This blew my mind more than anything else they've shown. Look, if you want a good example uh, of
0: where this is going, like l- literally, look at the AI produced still art one year ago versus now, and then look at this shit. Because if you look at the AI art now, aside from like zooming in, but if you saw it in if you saw it on a billboard, they were yeah. just driving by, you would have no fucking idea. So the, it's the, gotten so good. Apparently, the biggest. Uh,
1: difference in quality over the past year has been with the up algorithms. All Most of these algorithms start off as a very small picture when they're doing the actual like kind of the hard conceptual work and yeah. then they just continually up-res themselves
0: until it's a higher res. Well, the, the AI is also learning from all of the prompts that people are giving it and everything else too. I mean, like there's shit out there that looks photorealistic now because yeah. people are feeding it entire paragraphs of what they want it to look like.
1: Anyway, um, yeah, this is all insane. It's hard to even imagine where this tech will be in a year, five years, ten years. I don't know where we're going. Mm-hmm. And it makes me
0: nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if that was some spicy food I had earlier or give, or the terrors given to me by AI. But uh... I missed the old days
1: a year and a half ago before uh, this was anything on my radar at all. I, I missed that. The good old days. 2021.
0: Things were different back then, kids. You, you you wanted a picture, you had to make it. I, unironically, yes. The, the, the life pre pandemic and post pandemic is a completely yeah, different, different world. It is insane. Huh. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, uh, enough well, enough sleep dread. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> enough dread. I'll try to find something funny to talk about on up uh, <laughs> I'll try, but for now. Uh really you should go watch the Kanye video because we it's that, it's TwitchCon, it's a bunch of other shit. Watch that. Also, Rudy Giuliani takes big stinky dumps. Check Whoa, out <laughs> Rudy, what the hell? Check out both of those videos over there. Subscribe to the channel, uh leave a comment, leave a like. Thank you to the five thousand, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.